is what really is going on and what uh, Brian Windhorse alluded to on um, on NBA Countdown is that KD doesn't really want to be traded. He's trying to strong-arm the Nets into giving his boy Kyrie a long-term deal. Kyrie already opted in. I don't think KD is really, really trying to get traded. And I don't think the Nets are really trying to trade him unless they got some – blow my skirt up offer that you that's too good to pass up like if the self well, let me put it to you this way let me put it to you this way i i know i i know uh th- we're talking about KD right now but let's say there there's a chance that russell westbrook and uh uh kyrie irving swap contracts now th- will, will the demands be as atrocious as ridiculous as it is right now for i i think they're going to come down to earth on that you know, I, at that point i don't think they're going to move them though that's my thing, I, and I don't think Kevin, I don't think Durant really wants to be traded. I honestly think he's trying to scare the Nets into giving his boy Kyrie a long-term deal. Yeah, but if they don't give Kyrie a long-term deal, he's gonna even he's gonna double down, and they're gonna be like, we should get something back for this guy instead sure, of fining him, fining him whatever per game and withholding thirty percent of his paycheck. We still got to still have to pay the dude, right? But no, still, not if he doesn't play. He's got years left on his no, team. you still have to pay him. His his money is guaranteed. Okay. But he's got. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was he guaranteed. He can get fined. His his fine his fines will come out to like sixteen million a year or something like that. But like he could still be like, I really don't care. I'll I'll sit on thirty or whatever it is he's getting per year. Are are the Nets trying to think... uh, get the Rudy Gobert deal? Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, Rudy Gobert got so four points. first round picks. This is they got they, you know, the Jazz fleeced about. the Timberwolves. They fleeced them, man. Fleeced oh yeah, them. they really did. The Jazz could honestly go into full rebuilding mode, trade Donovan Mitchell, get more picks and assets, and just say fuck it. And look and and kind of look like a uh, like a OKC possibly in a couple of years, right? Much. And I think honestly though, and I was going to get to that in a second with OKC and some of the uh, the draft picks that they hold, but OKC right now has if their core is Shy, Giddy, Chet, and and Dort, plus some of the other guys that they picked in this year's draft. And they're sitting on most of for the next five to six years, at least two to three first-round picks in the next five drafts. If they just hit on one each, and those they already have a solid team. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think to hoard these picks, because we all know this, guys, right? It's an inexact science. Now, some GMs are better than others where they have, like, a 60 to 70% hit rate, right? But you still need the luck of the lottery ball, and you still need, you know, it to be a decent class because, let's face it, in some years, if you got the number two or three pick, you're fucked if it's a win. Yeah, Anthony Bennett got drafted, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anthony Bennett got drafted number one overall. What year was that, Sam? I want to say it was uh, was it sixteen? Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, let me just look up. No, that was the Ben Simmons draft. Maybe it was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, I was thinking fifteen. Yeah. No. Uh, sort of, this one is. It is. 15. Oh, thirteen. He went thirteen. Wow, this is a while ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So, two thousand thirteen. This draft was god awful. Oof! Terrible. It was a, a like the top five picks. Are all I, I don't want to call Oladipo or Otto Porter bust, but they're they're not franchise changers at two and three. If they if you drafted Oladipo and Porter at like 
15 and 19, you're like, okay, that's been a pretty good career for those guys. But when you draft a guy in the top five, you kind of expect him to be at least an all-star. And also in a draft where Giannis got drafted, right? Yeah. Rudy Gobert got drafted a lot later than these guys. Yeah, Rudy Gobert and Giannis are the top, and C.J. McCollum are probably the three best players in this draft, and they all went 10 and later. But I, I don't know. It's an, like I was saying, it's an, an exact science. So when you have all these assets, you don't know what they're going to turn into. But if you got two, three picks in the first round every year, there's a higher odds that at least one of them is going to pan out. So yeah. I, you have a couple of mid-tier guys there too, like Alan Crabb and like, you know, role players, but those guys were drafted later, so the expectations were a lot lower, too. Right, yeah. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., Steven Adams are really good players. Contavious Caldwell Pope's a nice player. They're, but they're rotational players, right? They're not they're – not, they're Right, not, right. The, the expectations are not of a top-five pick. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see the Jazz making a deal. Now, this was brought up on First Things First, and, and Kevin Wilde had – propose this trade, and I want to ask you guys what you think of this. Now, Celtics are coming off a heartbreaking six-game series loss in the finals to the Golden State Warriors, but they're young. Jalen Brown's only 25. Jason Tatum's only 24. Smart's only 28. Robert Williams is only, you know, 24. Grant Williams is only 23. So they got a lot of young pieces. Added Malcolm Brogdon, to a, who's a great defender, nice shooter. He's going to be a nice rotational piece. If you're Boston, though, would you send Jason Tatum and Robert Williams and picks for Kevin Durant? Even though Durant's going to be 34 at the start of the season and Jason Tatum is nine years younger than Durant, Durant would almost guarantee with that defense, I feel like if the Celtics had Durant instead of Tatum in those finals, they'd maybe beat Golden State. What do you guys think about that? Okay, so that's uh, a big if, though, right? You'd have to you'd have to lose pieces to make that happen, right? Yeah, you're talking losing Robert Williams and Jason Tatum, and that that makes the salaries work. Plus, you're going to give up some draft picks. Yeah, so Tatum, you could say Tatum, Tatum, and 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 Durant are not carbon copy even to even, but close enough to be like an apple and a Japanese pear or something like that. You know, um, you know where you can get off. You're getting offense back, right? The loss really is on the Robert Williams side, um, because that's your like the guy played his heart out this whole year, Defensive Player of the Year. In, the, in you know he was in the running for that award before he got got injured the last couple of weeks in the season. Um, he was definitely a candidate. So I think that they lose out in that sense. But again, it's not anything that they can't rebuild from in the short term. So you wouldn't do that deal because Tatum's younger, basically. You're yeah. You don't, yeah. I, I, yeah, I would I would agree with Sam. I, I would not do that deal. Uh, and I'm kind of kind of with Sam again on the defense part. Uh, Golden State is a shooting team. Kevin Durant is not very good defensively. So yeah, he's great offensively. He's going to get you more points, but you're losing that defense. You got to get with the stops eight on the end, side too, right? So yeah, so you got to get the stops on the other side as well. So that's something that they lose out on, I think. Um, 
Let me let me ask you guys. Uh, speaking of the Thunder, and, we're, and I'm going to talk about some of the draft history of Sam Presti, and we were talking about kind of luck of the draw, and, and not every GM. Well, I think I think I I don't want I I kind of do want to just jump the gun and tell you one thing. I know you're saying how the ball rolls and luck of the draw and everything else with NBA draft. I understand that, but I legit I'm, I'm sold on the fact now that Presti has just has an eye for talent. He can okay. pick out diamonds in in a, in a in a group full of, you know, trash. He'll figure out. He'll find it. Okay. Well, yeah, so let's talk about that real quick, uh, and then I'll kind of go into kind of Presti's history because he has an impressive history at Oklahoma City, and then, he, he you know, like I said, he's, he's drafted some clunkers that didn't quite turn out, but that was usually at the end of the first round while they were on that run of being in the Western Conference Finals basically every year. So um, Chet Holmgren had a fantastic summer league debut. I think he had, what, like six blocks in his first game and, like, 23 points or something. Knocked Uh, down a couple of trays. He's looking pretty good so far, but granted, it is just summer league. Uh, So, you know, he he needs to bulk up, obviously, but he is only 20 years old. He's seven foot one and can drain the three. It reminds me, honestly, I have Chris Asperzingas. No, well, you know oh. the person he was getting compared to was Dirty. Dirk Nowitzki. And uh, no, no, his defense is way better than Dirk's was, dude. Way better. Way better. But did you see that little step back fadeaway shot? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of things in his arsenal, but like, I think when it comes to the type of player, offense, defense, both is like a a, a fully healthy KP, like when he came in the league. But even Chris Hassan developed into that consistent all-star type player. He's been bounced around the league quite a bit. I, I don't know. I, I think I think Chet Holmgren defensively could be very good. Um, he, maybe he becomes more like a, uh, I don't, you know, a Carl Anthony Towns, right? Carl Anthony Towns is pretty good defensively. He can step out. But Chet Holmgren is obviously a little bit. No, that, that, I, I, I'm sorry to take that back. But I, the reason why they brought in Gobert is because Cat's defense is terrible. He had an improvement this year and last year and the year before that. But historically, he's been a guy that jumps. He, he cat, you can catch Cat uh, bluffing nine out of ten times if you on an, on a head fake. You know, um, he jumps weren't, too much. Weren't they just, he's overzealous when it comes they, to get, uh, getting a block. Gotcha. Weren't they trying to like move him to a four spot instead of the five two? Correct. Yep. That's, yeah, that's, that's what they're yeah, going to do. They're going to match defensive liability because of that defense. Yeah. Well, so it looks like uh, they were talking about in his second game, Holmgren notched another double-double. He had 11 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. Uh, but he was getting pounded down below by Kenny Lofton Jr., who's six foot seven but weighs 280 pounds. Uh, he bullied Holmgren in the paint early on. Uh, so, obviously, you know, that that's going to be the biggest problem. But I, I think that is can be worked around. And, obviously, we're never going to see Chet Holmgren looking like Giannis. All right, let's let's be honest. Giannis, I mean, maybe you could, but I just don't think he has the frame for it. I feel like if if he can get up to, like, 220, 
and pack on some muscle. I think Chet Holmgren's going to be fine because Durant is still pretty skinny if you look at him, but he's he's managed just fine, right? Um, Anthony Davis was really skinny when he came out of Kentucky. He's had some health issues. That that's that's probably my biggest concern with Chet is 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 he going to hold up health wise to the banging and 82 game season in the NBA? Is he going to be able to take that punishment? on a night-to-night basis, and is his body, is his knees going to hold up? So, Well, they got that other seven-footer. Uh, I can't even pronounce his last name, bro. Um, I think it's uh, his first name is Alexi or Alexis. Or what? Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, It starts with a P. I, I really am terrible at pronouncing uh, last names. But I, I think they're going to use him to offset Chet, you know, um, because the other guy's got a year of, you know, NBA, full NBA basketball under his belt. You know, they may kind of rotate him into the floor maybe so he doesn't take a beating as much. Right. There'll be times where they'll do that, you know, to, to save him. The no, no one wants to go down down low and, and uh, maybe a game against uh, the Sixers, right? right. <laughs> He'll be like, hey, Chet, you know, maybe for the first half, why don't you play the four? So you're kind of coming in for rebounds behind the back and other things. You don't have to go up against Embiid. You know, in the post. Yeah. All right. So I want to. Uh, we were talking about Sam Presti, and before we get on to our our next segment here and another discussion, I also want to hear. I want to talk about before we go to that. Um, but Sam Presti took over as Oklahoma City's um, GM in 2007. All right. Here are his first round draft picks since that time: Kevin Durant in 2007. In 2008, it was Russell Westbrook and Serge Ibaka. Those were his two first-round picks. In 2009, it was James Harden. 2010 and Craig Bracken, both picks were sent were sent out, were traded, were draft day trades. In 2011, he picked Reggie Jackson at number 24. I would say that's a pretty good pick, especially picking at number 24. He's still bouncing around in the league. Right, he's a. You would call same. You would probably call Reggie Jackson a solid starter, right? Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. He was good enough to get paid the the eighty million dollar contract at that time. He got paid, and he put up numbers. Yeah. I mean, not wild numbers, but his OKC numbers were backing up Russell Westbrook. And then when he was injured, and then when he left and went to Detroit, he took on more of a prominent role, and he averaged eighteen, nineteen points a game. Wasn't yeah. that? He went down to sixteen, and then even last year with the Clippers, he showed up for them when no one else was around. Paul George was gone, uh, you know, no Kawhi Leonard, and this guy, Reggie Jackson, shows up. So then 2012, we get to probably his first bust, but it was first round pick 28, so near the end of the first round. That was Perry Jones. He never really could work yeah, out. Yeah, it's a bust, total bust. He met Baylor, but he never did quite work out. Then the next year, 2013, he drafts Steven Adams. and Ar- uh, He hit on that pick. He hit on Stephen Adams, and Archie Goodwin got sent off to to Phoenix, so he they, he didn't play for Oklahoma City. Then in 2014, it was a rough year for old Sam Presti, as both first round picks, Mitch McGarry and Josh Heistis, were busts. I mean, we all knew Mitch was going to be a bust, right? Yeah, I think that was. I don't know why he got picked there. I don't know who there. I feel like there were some other people available in 2014. Then 2015, Cameron Payne was the first round pick. He's had a solid but unspectacular career, but he was picked. He has a role, he's a role player now on the Suns, right? Yeah, so he's a role player. He bounced around as well. He went to the Bulls for a bit. 
Yeah. Then in 2017, first-round pick, Terrence Ferguson, he hasn't worked out. He's down in the G League now. He's been a bust. But Terrence Ferguson has been a bust. 2018 and 19, they didn't have a first-round pick. And then in 2020, he picked Emmanuel Quickly, who was sent to the Knicks. And then here in 21, he picked Josh Giddy and Trey Mann in the first round. I think both of those have been solid. And then see what happens with Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams, um, the two first-round picks uh, for 2022. But if you look at that list, you would probably only call Terrence Ferguson, Mitch McGarry, and Josh Heistis and Perry Jones bust. Correct? Like, complete bust. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else had some sort of, uh, you know, uh, move associated with them. And even the ones that they traded out, like, quickly has panned out really good. For so, yeah, as uh, Eric Bledsoe. Correct. Yeah. Trade, uh, how did they lose that first-round pick, or did they trade it? For who? Oh, on the Knicks, when they drafted quickly and they sent it to uh, the Knicks. I think they just sent him for additional picks down the line. I see. I see. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't believe in quickly at that number. Yeah. Right. So I. I don't know. I think Sam Presti. He's one of those GMs. I would say if you hit on seventy percent of your first round picks as an NBA GM, you're you're doing pretty good. So I agree because your your margin of error is so much smaller because you don't have eleven rounds to make up. Like if you have a first round bust, you can't be like, all right, seventh round gem is coming around. I'm going to get. I'm going to make up my first-round pick by grabbing someone in the seventh. Right. That's not going to happen. It's not the right. NFL, right? Because also, how many second-round guys in the NBA draft really pan out to be like – it's very rare, right? The For every, like, Draymond Green or Nick Van Exel that got picked in the second round, there's a lot more guys that just fall out of the league within two or three years. Oh, yeah, 100%. And some of them get drafted and they don't even make it because – their rights are owned by another team overseas, and they miss it out. A lot of that happens, too. So, I don't know. I think I think that uh, Sam Presti, you know, him being sold on Chet Holmgren so early in the process, I, I, I you know, if like I said, if he works out and Giddy works out, and then you're still looking at all these assets. I mean, here, here real quick, guys, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but I want to tell you here, the Thunder, the Thunder have – Two first-round picks next year because they own their own plus the Clippers. Then they also have in 2024, they got four first-round picks in 2024. They have their own. They have Houston. They have Utah's, and they have the Clippers. Now, that Houston or Utah pick in 2024, depending on what Utah ends up doing, could be very, very high in the draft. Houston is still rebuilding they'll probably still be a lottery team in 2024. And if Utah ends up sending Donovan Mitchell out, that 2024 pick could be uh, also a top five or six pick. Yeah, you're going to have at least one or two years of tanking from that Jazz squad. Yeah, exactly. And then in 2025, they own Houston's pick first round. They own Miami's pick. They own Philadelphia's pick. And they own their own first-round pick. So That's four? That's four first-rounders? In 2025 and 2024, they have four first-rounders. Wow. And then in 2026, they have the Clippers, they have their own, and they have Houston. So they have. So the nice thing about them is if, if they can start getting in contention, they have yes, the draft they can those to go after right? somebody. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. They could sell those for stars. Or they could basically just load up on young talent and then basically have a dynasty on their hands within a couple of years, potentially. If, if Let's say let's say Giddy keeps getting better. And let's say Chet Holmgren really pans out and Dort and Sides keep doing well. And even, like, their first-round pick this year, Jalen Williams at 12, develops into, like, let's say a solid 3 and D or rotational piece. Then maybe in the next couple drafts you hit on another guy, all of a sudden – you got two or three more guys that could be all-stars to pair with, let's say Gideon Holmgren become all-stars. All of a sudden you got a roster that's super deep that could be the kings of the West in the next five years. Dude, you know what's crazy is that this team, one through ten, could be first-round picks. You know, at some point, you know, when yeah. when, the, when the drafts go through, they could have – Top like top tier players. I'm not. They don't even need to go get role players and sign six men of the year. They'll have enough talent to build their team from the ground up. Yeah, and this you is know. what happens when you lose Durant, Harden, Ibaka, Westbrook, all these guys. Now Presti knew that that was going to happen, and he's been smart. And honestly, Oklahoma City this year is probably not going to be that great. They're probably going to win 25 to 28 games again, right, maybe 30. It's okay. The, the, the young team needs the experience, though, right? They need the experience, and they'll have yet another lottery pick somewhere in the top seven, probably. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year and who's going to fall or who you might get. But, yeah, I mean, I would say that the Thunder are well-positioned. And to Josh's point, although – Oklahoma City's not exactly a glamour destination. I don't know. I guess if some superstar were to force their way out of their current situation and you would say, okay, like, I want to, you know, I don't want to be here anymore, Oklahoma City could come swoop in and say, okay, I, I'll send you these picks and whatever for, for this guy. But I I don't know. I feel like they're going to try to build it organically again, just like they did with Durant. The other thing is you get these young guys, they need I, – I, you guys would all agree, probably, uh, you don't really know what you have for three to five years, right? Like, a guy could show glimpses in his first year or two, but he doesn't really become the player he's going to be until, like, year three, four, or five, typically, right? And, and I think there's benchmarks, though, you got to hit, right? I, year I, three, I, you got to do this. Year four, you have to, in, in order to say that <clears throat> they're progressing in the right direction. Correct. Correct. So we'll, we'll see. We're going to see with this young core that they got now with Giddy and, and Chet, how they progress. But, man, if these guys start hitting, Oklahoma City could be a playoff team in two years, potentially. Two or three years. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. And, sure. and then you've got all these other picks, so we'll see. But uh, You also have a 36-year-old Steph Curry, you know. Exactly. In three years, right? So, like, you'll see a whole shift in, I think, dynamics and how – that Western Conference is dictated. Yeah, and LeBron might be out of the league in three years. Exactly. So, so, so it could be two. Well, he is, might be. Yeah, he might be in the running for six man of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, ahead, what, what could happen is uh, the Thunder they draft Bronny Jr. and then oh, yeah. LeBron signs oh, with the Thunder the move. for that's a the year. Move. That's oh. the move. There oh, it there it is. Damn, Damn. genius. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we are now going to get to our second segment of the day and we're going to start this off this is kind of a pop pop culture segment uh but we're going to start this off with josh 
This is his new segment called Things That Piss Me Off. Uh is going to get ready to debut this weekly. Uh, well, wait a second. We're getting a call here. Uh, before we get to Josh's segment, I want to hear what our caller is calling in from the 513 number, as to say. So it's the Cincinnati caller. Let's see who this is. Hey, guys. It's, it's Joe Brooksbank. Oh, Brooks. What's going on, Joe Joe? <laughs> What's up? What's up, buddy? So I wanted Are to listen in and I, I, yeah, I couldn't hear the hear live stuff here. I I call it so I could hear it and then maybe chime in oh, every okay. once in a while. Here we go with uh here we go with uh well you're just in time. Josh is about to debut the things that pissed me off. And we got another caller. I got a lot of people want to hear this segment. So here we go, Josh. Here's your music for you. Things that piss me off. Let's go. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. You can talk over the All right. Number one, things that pisses me off. Door donkeys. Can't stand the door donkeys. And what, what is a door donkey, you may ask? Somebody that wants to sit at your retail store, knock on the door, and you're not even open yet. They'll peer through the window, knock, do whatever they want to do, and all you can do is just stand there and wave when you're just trying to take a five-minute break without customers for a little bit. Hate door donkeys. Pisses me off. Number two, also working in a retail store. Somebody that can't read their goddamn bill. Oh, my God. My bill went up ten bucks. Why? Did you read your bill? No. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Well, this is what it is. You, you rented an a on-demand picture. Oh, do you know what it was? Uh, it was some adult film. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Read your goddamn bill next time. That pisses me off. And the final <laughs> last thing I have for today is parents that smoke in the goddamn car with their kids. Wait to light your goddamn cigarette. The kids don't need to breathe in your damn smoke. That pisses me off. I'll come out with three more next week. All right. There we go. I I like the old-timey music we have in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got another caller here, but it's a 111 number, so I'm not sure who this is. I feel like this is going to be some prank call, but let's let's see who else we got on the line here. Yeah, still there? Yeah, what's up, man? What's going on? Who do we got here? Jose. How's it going, Jose? What's going on, man? I ain't nothing, man. Cool. How y'all doing? Doing good, Fantastic. Jose. What, what, you calling in with some thoughts on the NBA talk? I, no, I missed the NBA talk. I came in, like, right when you went into uh, him talking about how he don't want me to come and, and look inside the store when it's closed or whatever. But, <laughs> and, sir, I do that. I'm sorry. I can't help it, man. I'm trying to get in there. I'm trying to get out, you know? I no, nah, man. Uh, what, what were you guys talking about basketball-wise? Like? 
Uh, we were just talking about uh, the Nets and their ridiculous uh, trade demands for Kevin Durant, and then also uh, Chet Holmgren and his spring debut, as well as uh, Sam Presti's genius when it comes to drafting players for Oklahoma City. Yeah, 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 man. Y'all Oklahoma City folks, calm down a little bit, man. Summer League. I'm in Atlanta. I was here for the great Marvin Williams back-to-back Summer League MVP, okay? It's nice, but you know what I mean? It doesn't mean a thing. But overall, you can't be mad at Chet. Great project. He may turn into a, you know, Hall of Famer. Or at worst, I think he's at least going to be an elite defender. You know what I mean? At worst. So it's a good pick. But as far as uh, Brooklyn, I can't knock them either. You ask for everything, bro. All they can tell you is no. So you, you keep asking for everything, then eventually you get a reasonable deal and close to what you actually want. But for now, you just ask for ridiculous things and try to drive up the price. I think that's the game they love. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. Let me ask you a quick question. This part on our discussion here yet, but who would you take in a two-on-two matchup in their prime, MJ and Bird or LeBron and Kobe? Huh. MJ huh. and Bird all that's day. Tough. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> man, that's tough, man. It yeah, is I tough. Like I that's mean, the obvious answer, but I don't know if it's that easy though, because Ron and Kobe, man, that's that's tough. Yeah, I don't know. It man. is. Tough. I think Kobe was a decent defender, and he had that kind of killer instinct to him, uh, similar to what Mike had. I, and I think LeBron is a better player than Bird, even though Bird is fantastic. I think LeBron's a little bit better, but I, I just I think Jordan would somehow find a way. And, and Bird was super competitive too. I I, I heard stories from the old self-great talking about his competitive drive, and I, I just feel like I, I think Bird and Jordan could could get the W there, but I think it'd be close. All right. Yeah, if, I, 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 I think defensively. Oh, um, uh, defensively, I, I think MJ and Bird have it. Uh, so if you can't score, you ain't going to win. Yeah. MJ, he can score on pretty much anybody. Bird, he's got that out shot, outside shot. LeBron ain't defending him. We all know that. Come on. LeBron, Come on, man. LeBron's going to pull up like, oh, you hit my shoulder. I'm down for the count. No, but Larry Bird, I'm going to chime in real quick and tell you, like, Larry Bird also had a very unorthodox shot. It was, like, hard to block Larry Bird. A very unorthodox release. Like, and it was was money. He was always money. Always money. Well, 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 look, let let me switch the difference on this, because I I think you guys have made a decision when I think the game never ends, actually. I think what you have is three psycho competitive people and one passive-aggressive person. They argue over the yeah. score until Oh, no, no, I have to agree with you in. on that. that the game, game never ends. Yes, I'll agree with you on that. For sure. For Mike sure. is going to try to get every call. Uh, Larry is going to lie, cheat, and steal. Kobe will try to hurt somebody. And LeBron is going to be doing some, you know, like, you know, shout out to LeBron, man, passive aggressive superhero. Like, he'll be doing some sucker stuff. Like, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I don't think that game ever finishes, man. All right, man. Score is seven to two. Man. No, score is three to two. Man, it would never end. But yeah, y'all be cool, man. <laughs> All right. Good sports. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm going to call in. Right. I got it. Yep. Thanks for the call, Jose. 
All right. So we had Josh's things that pissed him off. Uh, we'll get back to that. Um, apparently, so I, uh, you know, uh, I can't blame him for that. Sam and I are working in retail, uh, so we so we all know uh, how that goes. Um, all right, so let's update our bracket real quick for the most annoying sports host uh, that we got, and um, nobody's surprised. Nick Wright goes over Mike Wilbon with 90% of the vote. Yeah, he's a jackass. He deserves to win it all from the he get. He does deserve to win it all. <laughs> but, but you know what? Like, Mike Wilbon even getting 10% of the vote is a little bit of an upset. Let's face it. It's a slight bit of an upset. Desmond yeah, yeah, but you you knew that Nick Wright was going to steamroll everything that came his way. Oh, I knew this. Uh, yeah, I for sure knew this. Uh, Desmond Howard going over Doug Gottlieb with 70% of the vote. Yeah, that's surprising. That is surprising. It's not. I'm telling you, it's Michigan. Everybody it against Michigan. Um, Emmanuel Acho upsetting Clay Travis, the number one seed. Emmanuel Acho going in with 60% of the vote. So a little surprising there that there's so much hate for Acho. I, but I get it. He's kind of a pompous asshole. But it is what it is. And then J.J. Reddick with the upset over Jason Whitlock. Whitlock, J.J. Reddick getting 75% of the vote. Those Duke haters are out in full force. So, on the other side, Stephen A. Smith, to surprise of no one, going over Rachel Nichols with 100% of the vote. <laughs> um, I think she should have got some percentage, man. Probably should have gotten some percentage, but no one no one voted for her. Everybody voted for Stephen A. Smith, so no no big surprise there. Paul Feinbaum going over Perk, Kendrick Perkins, Paul Feinbaum with I called it. percent of votes. So then we got the closest matchup of the second round. It's Skip Bayless going over Jay Billis. Skip Bayless with 55% of the votes. I thought he would have had more than that, man. Yeah, me too. Well, Bayless is kind of annoying, so I I, I got to give it to people on that one. I'm not, I'm not told, but Bayless. No, no, I, I agree with the Bayless. I th- thought Bayless would have had like a higher win percentage, like percentage voted for rather. You know? No, I know. I, I I thought so too, but Bayless is pretty annoying, so I can see how that was a little bit closer than people thought. And then Colin Cowherd goes over Chris Broussard with 65 percent of the vote. I, I didn't was, see that, that one coming. That was the one I thought was going to be close. That was the one. I, I don't see that. What's that? I, I think it's the other way around. You think Broussard should have gone over Cowherd? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's up here. Our, our semifinals, or not semifinals, here is our final six, or is it eight? Sorry, I can't count. Eight. Yeah, eight. Here's, here's our elite eight. Nick Wright, Desmond Howard, Emmanuel Acho, J.J. Reddick, Stephen A. Smith, Paul Feinbaum, and the heavyweight matchup, Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd. So we will reveal the rest of the bracket on next Friday's show. That should be big. But, guys, we're all anticipating the same thing, right? A final four of Nick Wright, J.J. Reddick, Stephen A. Smith, and Skip Bayless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I I, I don't see any change in that, that program. Now, I could see Cowherd sneaking by Bayless, possibly. Cowherd is very annoying to a lot of people. So it wouldn't shock me if Cowherd goes over Bayless, 
But I still think Bayless is going to pull it out. So. Yeah, I still think Bayless is still most annoying. Okay. All right, last thing, boys, uh, before we get to our final segment, I want to introduce this segment called the Movie Rewind segment where I we pick a year and we go to the exact date of the show. So today is, what, July 8th? Uh, I, yeah, I think the 8th. Yeah, July 8th. Yeah, today's the 8th. And we go back X amount of years. So I decided to go back 15 years. So we went back to 2007. And I want to talk about the number one movie. And we want to, I want to ask you guys, is it a properly rated movie? Is it terrible? Is it better than that? But the number one movie in America, Transformers. So 15 years ago, Ooh. we got our first introduction to the ever-beautiful Megan Fox, who made – Millions. I actually, I actually liked the first Transformers. I'm not gonna lie. The first I liked it. Good movie, right? Yeah, I liked. I genuinely liked the storyline, the plot, the whole nine. I liked it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I also, how Megan Fox was easy on the eyes, right? Oh, very, very easy. Very Yeah. I, as Greg Giraldo used to say, I spilled more seeds to her than Michael J. Fox at a bird feeder. Can I throw in? Yeah, I mean. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Hey. Oh, interrupted. Oh, you know, and I agree with you. I mean, it's definitely a a good movie. Michael Bay did a great job um, with that movie. Um, you know, for the time period, for what is going. You know, it was that. You know, hey, Transformers bringing it back. It's exciting. You know, all us adults. Grew up Transformer, or most adults grew up Transformers, and uh, so we were excited. Then the kids were, you know, getting reintroduced. Uh, I'd be curious because uh, trying to think, two thousand seven. But what other? What was the competition? In July, let's see, let's see, July two thousand seven box office. This is why I need a producer. Let's get, let's uh, <laughs> grow this pocket. All right, so, all right, at the time. In July of 2007, I don't know when these – okay, the release dates were a little staggered, but uh, Transformers was still the number one movie as of July 8th, but coming out three days later was Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, okay? Now, okay. released one week before Transformers was Ratatouille. So those were, those yeah. were the three that were out around so, yeah, so competition when it came out. Yeah. So yeah. you, you until the order, order, I mean, until order of the Phoenix came out. Right. Yeah. I was going to say the order but, of Phoenix probably took over. What's that? Yeah, I was just saying, uh, you know, order of the Phoenix probably took over just because there was the big Harry Potter um, hype uh, going on. Um, so it probably took but, over oh, after. It never did. It actually oh, didn't gross. Harry Potter did not end up grossing more than Transformers. Transformers made more money than Harry Potter did that year. Oh wow! Well, right. So you got to remember, this is Order of the Phoenix. So this is a couple of years later, removed from the first Harry Potter, right? So yeah. I think it lost yeah. a little bit of uh, you know popularity as it went on. Um, and then I think when it came to the final uh, two parts of it, that's when. Uh, people that left off on number three or whatever just, you know, came right back. 
you know, and it picks up popularity again. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking at this thing. Summer of 2007 was some legit heavyweight movies. You had Transformers, Harry Potter, Ratatouille, The Simpsons movie, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, Live Free or Die Hard, Knocked Up, Ocean's 13, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. As, as well as Wow, that's, that's a locked and loaded you know, yeah, roster. Yeah. Summer that year. But yeah, yeah. Dude, when you, I when you look though. at that list, yeah, that's a legit yeah. list. So I, I will tell you one big... thing. Um, the the first couple Transformers, I, I'll have to disagree. I did not think it was there was much storyline. I think it was a lot of action, and that's why it generated a lot. And Megan Fox, uh, I thought the one that, uh, with Mark Wahlberg had a, a better storyline to it. That one was more of a storyline that I thought could grow Transformers and it didn't take off. Um, I have a man crush on Wahlberg. I think that's just a man crush on you. You're just, you're literally, you're, you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth, Mike. So you might as well just tell Mark Wahlberg how much you love him. Because that movie (laughs) sucked, bro. Because that movie sucked. I liked it. (laughs) Because Josh likes Mark Wahlberg more than Megan Fox. (laughs) No. No. Not at all. I mean, I'm I'm just saying storyline. I thought there was, I thought there was, like, the, the first couple Transformers, it, there really wasn't too much to the story, to where the, the Mark Wahlberg, it had much more of a storyline to it, not as much action. I think that's why people hated it as much compared to the, the first well, couple of them. Well, you look at it, they were also trying to throw in a bunch um, to please the audiences. So, I mean, uh, you look at uh, – what is it? Revenge uh, or uh, extinction uh, with Walbert, you know, Sherlock Cage. We got space aliens. We got. Um, oh. Uh, sorry. We, uh, no, I was like, uh, with extinction, you know, you got space aliens, you got the CIA uh, operatives. Uh, and then on top of it, oh, by the way, at the very end, not only are we going to have a, a potential metallic bomb type thing, but, oh, hey, there's Dinobots, too. Like, it was so scattered. Yeah, yeah. Very true. I'll be honest, I didn't watch the Mark Wahlberg movie, so I just like making fun of Josh Mark Wahlberg. Ever. Uh, <laughs> now, if we're, going to talk, if we're going to talk about Man Crush, it's got to be Chris Hemsworth, man. Thor. Oh, just me, me and Brooksy just, just seen Thor you. last night. Phenomenal. Just for your man crush, this is for you. So, so you're basically t- telling me that Chris Hemsworth has given you a little, like a half chub there or a full chub. Hey, my uh, my I son's middle name is Thor. Okay, my eyes You know. Yeah, I'm not even kidding when I say when I was at. When I was at that theater watching that movie, uh, I uh, w- went to go to the restroom, and this this dude walks by me. I kid you not, had a mullet, looked like Chris Hemsworth in terms of like body build, but then had the face that looked like the kid from uh, Sixth Sense. <laughs> no, he looked like the kid from uh, uh, Stranger Things with the mullet. The curly hair dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. 
The dude that wears the think cap. Yes. Oh, That's Jesus. who he looks like. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, but but okay. Mike, Mike, I will I'll give you one thing. I did finally go see Maverick two, and yeah. I thought that was better than the first one. Dude, it's amazing. I, I don't want to go that far. I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to call it better than the first one because nothing beats the volleyball scene. I am. Okay, not their pickup yeah. football game. Nothing hey, beats. Who's man trusting on Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer now? Exactly. Buddy. I was just going to say you might as well nominate yourself to send hey, Tom Cruise <laughs> some flowers, some chocolate. You know, let him know. Nothing beats the quintet of the oiled up Val Kilmer, Rick Rostovich, Anthony Edwards, try, you know, quintet right there, guys. Let's just be honest here. Let's just, I mean, that was uh Throw, throw in Tommy, day. and Louie would be in heaven. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Mike uh, Tommy Mike on this Kevin. show. <laughs> Uh, it's a Friday. We, we, were, we, we refer to Tommy as, as Bigfoot because, you know, yeah. he, he's not seen. The, the, the great, great, great white buffalo. <laughs> All right, let's go into segment three now. Uh, the Fantasy Sports Corner. We got about ten minutes left in our Friday show here. It's been a popular one. Oh, <laughs> actually, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the queue right now, or I'm looking at the stats, and we got – 50 live listeners right now. So thank you, everybody. Uh, even though if you don't call in, that's, that's fun. And we're happy that you're listening. Um, all right. Real quick before we go into some fantasy stuff. Fantasy stuff, Jesus Christ. Um, Baker Mayfield to the Panthers. Wait, hold on. Are you still thinking about Tom Cruise? Is that why you... I was about to say, is that, a, is that the dick in his Freudian mouth right slip. now? I have to be honest. <laughs> I think it was a Freudian slip, guys. Um, what? Baker to the Baker to the Panthers. How are we feeling for Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and CMC? Love it. Bye-bye, Sammy Darnold. You suck anyways to begin with. You don't deserve a job. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, get on. I mean, didn't Christian McCaffrey just tear his ACL as soon as he, he read that? <laughs> that was a joke. Well, you know, wasn't Darnold and Baker the, the two of the first three quarterbacks taken in the same draft? Yeah, it was sad, the first. Right? It was the first time that's ever happened since 1980 that top two of the top three picks ended up on the same team. I feel like the Panthers are just like, fuck it, we're just one of these guys has to, and they drafted just drafted Matt Coral too. <laughs> and you know what? They tried with Teddy Bridge the year before, so I mean, they keep trying. They just keep trying, dude. No, I mean, I I, I will I give. Know. I think I like, Baker is a better quarterback than Darnold. I, by far, I think he's a better quarterback. Uh, I think with with Christian McCaffrey and his ability, if he stays healthy, and if if they can keep Baker upright and not being sacked and knocked down and hurting himself again, I mean, I, I think they would be a semi-decent team. Six wins maybe, seven wins. They upgraded the O-line too, you know, so that's a, that's a plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with Baker, I think they're six, seven win team. I think they go in and, and beat Cleveland game in the first game. Oh, I mean that's for sure, especially if, if Cleveland's starting Jacoby Brissett. Oh yeah, they exactly. definitely are starting Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I mean, it's not even an option uh, at this point, if you know. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, Mayfield's got to prove that he can be healthy. I, I mean, if we see twenty twenty. 20 Baker Mayfield. I, I think the Panthers can the 
potentially push for a playoff spot. They don't play in a great division. The Buccaneers are good. The Saints might be good, but there's no Sean Payton there anymore. I, I know their roster is still pretty good. The Saints roster is still pretty good, but without Sean Payton as head coach, I'm not I'm not sold on Dennis Allen. So the I mean I think the Panthers if, they, if Baker Mayfield has a top 15 quarterback season, let's say he throws for like 3,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, and, and you know McCaffrey stays healthy, I think the Panthers could push for nine wins, maybe 10, potentially. I mean, they have, they're going to have easy schedule. So you're basically saying what Carson Wentz put up last year is what Baker Mayfield would have to put up this year. Pretty much. Pretty much. At worst. I mean, I'm if you if you look at Cleveland's season, too, if Baker doesn't get hurt, they're in the playoffs, and they could have made moves in the playoffs. That's what people fail yeah. to realize. That team was that good that I think they, they would beat the Bengals at the end of the season, and they would probably be the top AFC North team. The Bengals would fall to the next and then who knows how the playoffs shake out maybe the Bengals don't even make it to the Super Bowl I don't know but so I wanted to ask you now coming off your comment about McCaffrey and if he stays healthy so when you guys are drafting let's say the first three rounds fantasy football draft what do you guys look are you look are you more interested on who has the higher floor or who has the highest ceiling? Because I feel like like McCaffrey at the end of the first round or even in the middle of the first round is a risky pick because he hasn't stayed healthy. But if McCaffrey, if McCaffrey stays healthy, there's no doubt in my mind he's going he's gonna to outproduce Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara or some of these other running backs that might go in the first round. So are you – are are you strictly a high ceiling guy, or are you guys looking for hey, even if he doesn't have the best season ever, he's still good enough to get me the points I need and has a high, high, high floor. Honestly, it really depends go, on when you pick. It depends on when you pick, right? Okay. So if he's exactly. a top three pick, I don't think he. I, I'm wasting a shot at him. No. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm taking, There's just I'm too much receiver. other talent that's there. I'm, okay. I'm taking I'm receiver sorry. every round. In PPR, I'm taking a receiver every time now. First round pick is going to be a receiver. Up. I think there's more upside with receivers than there are running backs in PPR leagues anymore. The the league is just Yeah, so I don't changed. do PPR at all. I do standard, and it's the exact opposite. So in our league of 12 yeah. that's been going for like 10 years now, all it's running back nuts. Everyone goes running back crazy in our league because it's still standard. Okay, interesting. So, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like uh, you want the high hey. ceiling projections potential, but at the same time, I think you position yourself better if you got guys who are all, like, high, high floor, like knowing that you know that they're going to get you at least X amount of points every week. Like, for instance, like Najee Harris to me. He's a perfect example. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Pittsburgh's offensive line is still okay, but Najee Harris is probably guaranteed in a PPR league to get you at least 14 points a game, pretty much. That's the beauty of it because none of these players, like these running backs, these wide receivers, even tight ends for that matter, they don't dictate the game the way a quarterback does. So 
no. having a safe floor, having a safe floor means that even if I have a shit offense, uh, a quarterback, a once I had Tom Brady for three games, and all of a sudden he's injured, I have, you know, whoever, Joe Schmo uh, is number two, I can still have a floor of X, which is good enough for me. Yeah, and the uh, way I look at it anymore, fine. it's like, yeah, if, if the way I look at it, yeah, you think Najee Harris is going to get you 14 points. You could have that middle receiver that's going to catch you seven catches for 70 yards too, and it's the same points. I just think they're right. in the league. The league's completely changed to where they're passing a lot more. That's why you're seeing 300 yards, 400 yards, almost every single game. And how many? 28 quarterbacks are doing it a week almost. You're right. But here's the thing. Last year in our league, Josh, I had on the same team, and I drafted Taylor and Eckler. Those were my first two picks. I drafted Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler, and then I traded for Najee Harris. So I had three of the top eight running backs in points, points-wise, and I fucking lost in the first round because I didn't have a quarterback because Lamar Jackson got hurt, and even before he got hurt, he wasn't doing shit. And the only receiver I had was Justin Jefferson because A.J. Brown decided to take last year off and fucking Antonio Brown decided to go fucking crazy in the middle of the season, as well as get his ankle hurt and miss like nine weeks. So I, I fucking I struggled there, man. But, yeah, you might be right. Receivers, Tommy – First two picks last year, Tommy won the league last year, and his first two picks last year were what, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, I want to say? Yep. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna. But now you fucked my strategy up for this year. I was hoping I was the only one, and I was hoping I might get Jamar Chase somewhere in the first round, but depending on where I'm taking that. But. Louis, you, you knew that's, that's the problem. I'm just talking my my ass off right now because I know I'm in two different leagues with you. And I can't really tell you the strategy I have. So I got to fuck well, with your head. So next week when ahead. we talk about fantasy, I could say all, it's all running backs or quarterbacks. Hey, I'm going Peyton Manning, you don't, you don't first pick like game. So that's all right. I got my draft board. It's all right. I'm, I'm going to be all right. All right, the five-time fantasy. See, I mean, that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the reasons why our league has been standard. Every year we have a ballot where we vote to make it PPR, and every year it gets voted against. You know, we're like 90s basketball, bro, defense first, you know. Yeah. Our, our, our games are like 87 to like 66, you know. Um, hey, hey Lou. About a minute left. Um, who is your guys' uh, – we'll go around the room here. We got Joe, Sam, Josh, myself. Give me one fantasy bust and one fantasy sleeper. For football. Same All right. Go first. All right. Uh, I think uh, one of my fantasy busts would be uh, Kyle Pitts. Uh, is it Kyle Pitts? Pitts. Pitts, uh, Atlanta, right? Yep. So um, I'm picking Pitts to bust. And uh, I, uh, my sleeper is Mr. Walker. Kenneth Walker. Okay. Yes, sir. He looks like a beast in, in camp, bro. Hey, oh, like, a, like a beast. He is on our dynasty team as yeah. well as Tyler out here. So, all right, Josh, sleeper and bust. Uh, you're gonna be kind of shocked. Okay. I'm gonna say Patrick. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Pat Mahomes. Is a bust or I, a sleeper? I, is a bust. 
this year. Okay. Okay. Without right. without having the them receivers, he's going to have yep. what? Uh, Kelsey. Yep. That's that's going to be his primary target. So people are going to load have a couple up pass catching backs. He has some pass catching backs. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I also I, think the Bengals exposed Patrick Mahomes in the two games that they played. Yes, he had a fantastic okay. first half, but that second half, he got exposed pretty bad by the Bengals. Both, Both games. games. Both games. Yeah, both, both games. games. So, I think I think the Bengals were onto something with Pat Mahomes. So I think he's. Okay. I don't think he's going to have a a high year like he is, especially with the AFC West with the Chargers being better defensively. You got the Broncos defensively. The Raiders are yeah. getting better defensively. So they're he's going to have a tough schedule right through there. All of a sudden, the uh, Broncos that couldn't score twenty points now has Russell Wilson at the helm, and it's easy to, to go into a shootout. Exactly, and then I'll, I'll agree with Kenneth Walker. I think he he'll be a he'll okay. he'll be the uh, the sleeper. All right, Joe, how about you? I'll be honest with you right now. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, all right, no worries. I'll go. My fantasy sleeper this year is Trevor Lawrence. I think with Doug Peterson there as head coach. Some of the moves they've made, I, I think getting Travis Etienne back, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be poised for a I really like that pick. I really yeah. like that pick, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Uh, my fantasy bust this year, um, there's there's a lot in my mind, but I'll tell you what, this guy's average draft position now, and it could change down the line, but Aaron Jones from the Packers. I think that A.J. Dillon is going to eat more into his workload than what's being advertised, and I think Aaron Jones is not going to have the typical Aaron Jones season that we're having. I have to agree with you on that, too, but the one thing I'll say, it's not because of A.J. Dillon, I think. It's because not having a, a, a consistent receiving core. That's what takes your eyes off of you know, the box where he's a running back, right? You don't have a number one on the outside anymore with with Adams, you know. Just, you know, asking for a safety, you know, for for over help. You know, you don't have the, those things. You can't disguise plays where you can rip off a fifty yarder. That's not going to happen. You know. All right, guys. Well, thank you. It's been a great Friday show. Thank you to Jose for calling in. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joe Brooks. Thanks for joining us and, and listening to the show. We'll be back on Monday with an all-new episode. Uh, So, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you on Monday. Yes. And these buds are for you. I like how you put With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.